like that. Okay. okay. Okay, everyone. This record was my idea. Get out. It was. You're lying. Eat hose head here just. Live hey, from. Hey, give me the mic. What? No. I want to do it this week. Back off, man. I've got this one. Fine. It's the Vocal Minority Podcast. Yeah, he's good. Okay, so good day. Our topic today is music. Good day, Vocal Minority Podcast listeners, and welcome to a very special edition of our special little podcast. It is Happy Canada Day. Well, almost Canada Day, post-Canada Day. It's an all-Canadian edition. Uh, we've got several special guests of a musical nature. Ooh. Oh, yes. Breaking and up the budget for this one. Oh, <laughs> we searched far and wide. For these special musical Would guests. Would you say from sea to shining sea? I would. And Terriario was only That's one place. Yeah, you're saying we're going to meet our CanCon requirements this week. Indeed. We won't have to do this again for at least a year. So. Get off our backs, so can. Yeah, I was going to say, Seriously. CRTC's right up our ass. I won't have to write any more checks, man. Uh, but yes, we've got lots to talk about this week. A little bit of World Cup action. A lot of TFC action. And uh, not a little bit of uh, participation. So, let's get to this week's panel. He may just be a simple lad from Yorkshire, but the siren call of one of the Commonwealth's great success stories brought him to the shores of this fair land many a year ago. Lured in by promises of poutine, beer, and a chance to show off his French, he has now embraced the Great White North, the true North strong and free, in fact, so much that he cheers for a team that loses more than England, Canada. He is the managing editor of Waking the Red. It's Duncan Fletcher. Mon bras se porte l'épée. Il se porte la croix. Bonjour. Bonjour. Comment ça va? Très bien. Merci. C'est fantastique. Oui. He grew up on the mean streets of East London, but soon found himself on the even meaner streets of Scarborough, where he was forced to adopt a thin guise of Canadiana to get by. He started with sprinkling his speech with A's and apologizing whenever he bumped into someone, but he was eventually won over by the great Canadian invention, the Caesar. Now he's patriotic to the core and routinely asks God to keep our land. He is the managing editor of the Yorkies. It's Tony Walsh. All right, me old China, eh? No way the craze would have survived in Scarborough. <laughs> oh, no. Not at all. No. 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 <laughs> oh, that was good. All right. Where are we from the far-off land of Hamilton, he longed to fit in with the other Canadian kids, so he did what other Canadian kids do that aren't from Toronto, and adopted an American hockey team as his sporting heroes. Hell yeah. There's a reason that Mark gravitates towards teams in red. So deep does his love run for a certain iced hockey team from New Jersey. Mm. He is the graphics wizard and match reporter from the Yorkies. It's Mark Hinckley. Duncan, I'd like to say thank you for making sure we hit our French quotient real early. <laughs> Get that out of the way. Exactly. Yeah, My yeah. paragraph now can be thrown out. Excellent. Like all good Canadian kids, I embraced political activism at a young age. Sorry, that should have read all good commie kids. Ah, the good old days of placard making with your chums, not singing the national anthem because of the religious overtones and other Canadian things. Tommy Douglas was a childhood hero to most, right? Yeah. Anyway, I am one of the writers of words for Waking the Red and your host, Kristen Knowles. <laughs> Check the OR, you like it so far. Check the OR, you like it so far. Check the OR, you love the OR. Uh, here we 
go, ready to set it off. From coast to coast, it's the most and it hits rough. Organized rhymes here to start it up. You got some trouble with your mouth, you better shut it up. Think twice before you act and try to tackle the funky stuff. I take your suckers out like meat on a shish kebab. Alright, so this thing where these other countries playing this huge global tournament of footy is still going on, and apparently it's getting pretty exciting. And what's more Canadian than watching other countries play in a big global tournament? True. Uh, but what's even more exciting is, is having a team of your own to cheer for. But as you know, we at the Vocal Minority Podcast aren't always so great at predicting such things. Maybe if it were a hockey tournament? No, probably not. Anyway, for the round of 16, we could have just rolled the dice and based on some of our predictions, it seems like we did. So here is how the VMP crew predicted the knockout round. Uh, group A, we picked Brazil and Cameroon. And it was Brazil and Mexico. Not too shabby. Yeah, not bad for bullshit. Yeah, we're shooting fifty percent. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Come we on. got the easy fifty percent. Yeah, true. Group B. This was this was this was a good one. We picked Chile and the Netherlands. Sweet. Nice. And got Netherlands and Chile. Hobo pancakes. Nice. Nicely played. Uh, yeah, actually, you know what? We didn't do too shabbily. Uh, group C. We picked uh, Colombia, and there was a tie between Greece and Cote d'Ivoire. And um, actual was Colombia and Greece. So Cote d'Ivoire was just... I don't remember that tie. <laughs> no. No. Uh, forget that tie. I mean, look how close they went through. The, the, Col- the Cote d'Ivoire-Greece exactly. game. Minutes. So that pretty much... That, that, that was shows that just, was how, that just shows how close we were. We were. How effective. We were right on the, on the cusp of this. We're practically so. Rain Man. Oh yeah, you're it's welcome. Yes. Uh, group D. Never mind. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> This is, this is our, yeah, there's a couple. Uh, group D, uh, England and Marcus. Uruguay. Thank you. Actual, Costa Rica and... Uruguay. Go Costa Rica. Well, they are, yeah. the, they are the England of CONCACAF. You cannot have every just, team. Just go, just go and insult them. Go ahead. You can't have every team. They oh, wear wow. white. <laughs> oh, dear God. It's alternate. All right. Group E, we I'm had sure another... England has many rich coasts. Yes. <laughs> oh, dear <God>. <laughs> <laughs> Like Southampton. <laughs> it's East Blackpool. Yeah. 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 Part of Clearly, it's they all, they Devon, anyone? <laughs> oh, wow. You didn't have bridge. to go there. Uh, Groupie, we had another tie. Uh, Switzerland and France tied with Ecuador. I really don't quite get how that happened. Um, I think there was clearly an anti-France sentiment. It was Hawkman. I find that hard to believe. Oh, Hawkman, yeah. Hawkman, Hawkman, always. Hawkman really swayed us. Yeah, that's true. Uh, actual France and Switzerland. See, again, we're, we're practically 100% on this. We should have gone dairy heavy. It's mm, true. true. You know, people are lactose intolerant these days. Well, careful. they should just learn to accept it. Gotta be careful. Eat the cheese and shut up. Exactly. Oka cheese? <laughs> <laughs> Group F. Uh, yeah. Iran and Argentina. Hooray! And actual Argentina and Nigeria. Nah. Yeah. Uh, this was my favorite, probably, Group G. We overwhelmingly picked Germany and Ghana. Every single one of us. Half right. Mm-hmm. Actual, Germany and the Yanks. Well, Ghana is the America of Africa. <laughs> <laughs> and then Group H, we picked Russia and Belgium. And the actual was Belgium and Algeria. Yeah, what the hell happened there? I, yeah, I can't answer that question Russia. without being really sad. Yeah. yeah. Can't, can't annex them all. We can try. <laughs> Algeria was just too far. For <laughs> now. <laughs> the tanks were busy elsewhere. Um, so anyway, along with all of these picks for the groups, we all passionately defended at least one country that just had to make it through. 
Uh, so let's look at the reason each of us has for one of those countries not making the cut. All right, so who wants to defend their team first? Marcus? I'm going to defend South Korea. Shocking. Strong suspicion of East Korean cartels buying off officials and forcing team chefs to use inferior bulgogi and kimchi. Also happens to be the most plausible reason. So, oh. yeah. it's, it's tough, but, you know, that's how it works in international football, as we all know. Oh, yeah, you don't go for that top-notch kimchi. You're no. fucked. All right, gentlemen, who's next? I'll stick with the Asian persuasion. As most of you know, Japan, the vending machine panty-wearing, green Kit Kat-eating mullet enthusiasts, didn't have the greatest tournament. But what you didn't know was that five of their 11 starters were actually robots charged on Japan's usual 100-volt sockets, not compatible with Brazil's 127-volt sockets. That makes total sense. Bleep, blop, bloop, eliminated. Yep. Yep. Couldn't guess them all. Uh-huh. No. Yep. It all makes sense now. It's all so clear. Yep. Duncan. Lazy Japanese. Hey. <laughs> You'd think they'd have thought of that. Yeah. Uh, I will depend Italy. Now, obviously, the, the reason the Italians were knocked out is because FIFA refused to allow them to sing the entire four-minute-long version of the anthem. And how are they supposed to inspire themselves if they do not get all five stanzas, however many there are? Yeah. There was 15 uh, stanzas. Quite possibly. But... Also, uh, the bite, obviously. How were they supposed to concentrate and beat Costa Rica knowing that this dude was going to bite one of their dudes like, at the end of the next match? He was that's checking true. for doneness. Yeah. That's true. It's, you it's, know, just, it's no, the, the whole thing. It, it's, it's bullshit. Man. I, you know, the, the Italians, they had everything there. They were going to be all the way. And then... You know, how, how were they supposed to beat Costa Rica when Suarez was going to do that? It's true. It's true. Such conditions. It was a, it was a shadow just hanging over them. Yes. Yeah, I, was a shadow like buck teeth? Because that makes sense. All right. Well, I'm sure you're going to be shocked at the, the team that I choose to, to explain. It's Russia, of course. Oh, I thought it would be the Golden Girls. Dunk, if, it, if, if, I, if I didn't respect you as much as I do, I would have got up, threw the chair down, and say, I just fell out of my chair. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not doing that. But so, in my house, he would have done that. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The, totally would have. I would have. I should have brought the my own chair. Studio, the Annex mm. Studio, he's respectful of. They're Wafa's monster! <laughs> Obviously, Russia's ouster is an example of Western capitalist imperialism imposing its ways on the poor country of Russia. Mm. There is an anti-communist bias at work in this tournament, and... There was not also not enough borscht provided. Will you go team. to the Gazprom with me? <laughs> hey! <laughs> with that rant, I was expecting to hear, like, you know, the boot march. <laughs> there they are. <laughs> yeah, but while you were saying it. Not I'm not that good. I feel like that's another Nikolai Volkov clip needs to be. <laughs> no, no more Nikolai Volkov! <laughs> nope, yet. <laughs> Just regular Soviet anthem? Yes. Okay. What about, I like the regular Soviet anthem. What about anthem? the uh, international? No. Bolsheviks. The Bolsheviks. Borzukov. <laughs> 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 yeah, let's get him in on the action. Stop it. There's a complete lack of Borzukov on the show. Shocking how that has managed to happen. His Twitter so hasn't far. taken off, though. So. All right. So now that we know who hasn't made it and who has sort of made it, uh, biggest surprise to make it through the group stage? Duncan? Um, well, I think I probably said this last week as well, I think, but uh, Costa Rica, because they made it all the way to the quarterfinals. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. 
Anyone not have Costa Rica? I had none. Oh, okay. Really? So Duncan and I there say Costa go. Rica. And what do you two incorrect people say? My biggest surprise was Greece, because I literally fell asleep watching their attempts to play football, and when I woke up, they had qualified. Surprise! <laughs> That's more like a nightmare. Uh, what is your surprise? I almost said Colombia, as I'm surprised that they, that they uh, felt that they would have finished second, though. So it really isn't a surprise that they made it through. Algeria, because they are a perennial doormat, and they got the business done, including a positive goal difference. So... Uh, big ups to Algeria and their ragtag bunch of misfits. Well, all right. <laughs> Biggest surprise to not make it through. England, obviously. Oh, I, sorry. Why I, did I even ask? Yes. I, did anyone not have England? <laughs> <laughs> I did not have England. And nor did I. I, did. I have no more to add. I why you talk to the two The arguments are obvious. <laughs> Marcus, who did you have? Um, I put... Uh, Though Italy, not making it through as a close second. No, Italy. Uh, I picked Russia because it was a super-ass soft group. Uh, they should have easily <laughs> ran through that. Hey. And they didn't. So, um, you know, nanny-nanny boo-boo to them. Speaking of super-soft ass, more on Greece, Duncan? <laughs> <laughs> Just get that out of my going. Stop it. I'm surprised none of you picked Spain. No, that's not actually a surprise. <laughs> it is a surprise. It's not getting out of the group. Oh, yeah. It's a surprise. They're so they, long that's, forgotten. Uh, that's fair enough, yes. And if I were to take the question seriously, I might, uh, I might have picked Spain. <laughs> I was very serious about this. I was huh? very upset that day. And then my staff and people made fun of me for the next rest of the week. She flamencoed all the way home in sadness. Yes. <laughs> hey, you don't know what castanets sound like. This is the sound the castanets make. When Spain cries. One tapas at a time. It was the sound of one castanet clicking. <laughs> Alright. And because all of my countries keep losing, um, I do have to pick another country. And I am going with Costa Rica. Which means next week I'll have to pick another country. I'm sorry, Costa Rica. Really sorry. Good try, though. And moving on to just a couple sort of, you know, really the one thing that everyone's been talking about um of Spain course, exactly but more than that <laughs> Mark's uh, favorite player not my favorite player just plays for my homeland oh I'm sorry all right name your best bite oh uh, best bite in history uh, or pop culture or whatever but I'm going with I'm going with a touching story about a poor kid that was victimized by his little brother Charlie <laughs> No one should have had to endure such internet shame for the rest of his life. With that cry, Charlie bit my finger! Internet never forgets. Mm. All due respect to Charlie bit my finger, Mm. that uh, childhood will go down in all the annals of history. The best bite was Nigella Bites. The cooking show and accompanying book by British celebrity cook Nigella Lawson. Mm. Before she got all skinny and coked out and was still all cream and sticky buns. Cream and sticky buns. Nice. Hashtag never forget. Never forget. No. Duncan, what did you have for a famous bite? <laughs> Thanks, Mark. Uh, I am going... I'm sticking with football. And I'm... Uh, <gasps> what? Francisco Gallardo of Sevilla. Uh, obviously, you've probably all seen the clip. The team's celebrating. It, the guy just... He's laying on his back, everyone's kind of jumping on him, it's all fun, and then uh, yeah, Mr. Gallardo comes in, bites his penis, 
Suarez has got a long way to go. I mean, once he's bitten the opposition's penis, then we can say he is soccer's ultimate villain. Yep. I, I remember that. Those, silk, those silky shorts were so... <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it was the floodlights, <laughs> but they were, it was very obvious. His manly curves. Jeez. I don't want to go now. I'm going to talk after that. Mine's all good. Oh. oh all right. Bye the penis. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, mine involves a bite of another kind, but, you know, can be just as sticky. Uh... Mine is obviously when uh, Tim Horton first bit into a maple donut and knew that he had to open a string of mediocre coffee shops just so he could sell them to the masses. That is the best bite in history. And Fair Canadian enough. to boot. You're right. Uh-huh. It makes sense if, if I actually really kept with the whole Canada thing. So yeah, that's well played. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Use the yeah, bite of I... You know, since I actually pay attention to the theme. Here I go, here I go. Thank God it's not video, folks. Anyway, moving on to the end of the World Cup coverage so we can do something else in this podcast. Okay, uh, as you know, we've been doing Nash tags throughout the World Cup where we try to come up with something a little different to, to throw it on Twitter to supplement and support the flag tags or whatever they're being called. It was called. to stick it to the flag tags. Stick it to the flag tags. Yeah. So we've had our single country Nash tags, but now it's time for some combo Nash tags. Duncan, lay a couple on us. Uh, well, for the first quarterfinal, Brazil versus Colombia, uh, the coffee cup. Ooh, Ooh very nice. Enjoyable. And uh, what's the uh, the second semifinal there? I've got one for this. Uh, all right, yes. And for the second semifinal, the Netherlands versus Costa Rica, uh, the Ticos, Tokis. Toki, Ticos, whichever way you want to go. I like the Toki Ticos. Tiko Taka versus Toki Taka. You, you can do many things with this. You just can't go wrong with that one. No, no. That's about it. I was sticking in the current round. For the Brazil-Chile, which is passed, it was, of course, yes. Wax a Hobo. That <laughs> was very popular. For the, as yet, wild recording, Belgium versus USA, Pigs in a Blanket. Celebrating both hot dogs and crepes. <laughs> of course, it was Pancake Taco. For Netherlands, Mexico. And we finished yesterday with the Costa Rica, Greece, Copa del Opa. Very nice. 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 Marcus. Um, I've only really got one because, to be quite honest, for some reason I could not figure out how to put two together to make this a joke. So It's like the conjunction <laughs> junction. I realize, but function? I don't know what my function is. It's like a tag is. team. You know, I, you're, you're into wrestling. I know, but teams. I couldn't. Are you, I are you into it, the rap group tag team? The rap team? Oh, well, they're back uh, again. Team, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I know that. Well, whoop, here it is. Damn it! Ha ha! Um, uh, the, 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 mountain, the, the mountainous derby, which would be Argentina versus Switzerland, it would be Andes versus Alps, and that's as good as it gets, folks. Back to you, Kristen. Alright, I only have a couple um, that neither, well, one, one Nash tag has been done, but I've got one for that anyway. So, France-Nigeria, uh, the French Prince. Oh, oh, hey. oh, well done. oh, yes. Aces. Oh, yes. aces. Oh, aces. Fantastic. I got nothing. Wow. And then USA Belgium, uh, Freedom Waffle. You should think about playing <laughs> Bitchy Blanks. <laughs> That's pretty good, yeah. French Prince. Yeah, have you, have you been, do you follow us on Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately. I mean, I love you. Lagos, born and raised. <laughs> <laughs>
New Jersey. Harrison. Mm. All right. So on the on, I was gonna say on the weekend last Friday, uh, TFC were forced to play a game at uh, you know high school point. No, uh, they went down to New York to New Jersey to take on the Red Bulls, a team that we dislike playing most days of the week because generally they crush our fragile spirits, especially when we're playing them away. Mm. However, huzzah! A somewhat startling, somewhat gratifying, not entirely gratifying uh, moment was, well, the draw. A game mm. that, until the, until the game happened, who wouldn't have been happy with a draw for that game? Sure. I, I believe I predicted a draw and said I'd be happy with it, so I... I believe I meant to predict a draw, and I completely forgot to, so that lost wow. me. I know. I was really, really sad. No points. Not that I ever get any anyway. But I think it was, for the most part, a very exciting game um, with a couple big highlights. Most notably, of course, the goal. Hooray. Hooray for the fucking goal. That was, you know what, that whole sequence. I just want to watch that over and over and over and over and over and over again and nothing else for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. From the fight to the goal to the aftermath yep. to the, the the cheesy little striker celebration. If done what right, it could just be an eight second vine, really, when you think about it. Foul, slap ball, angry looking Defoe, rocket. Loop. But then you've, you've got to have giggly Defoe, yeah. Becker and Osorio. Oh, yeah, you do. Sorry. Schubedo and Defoe. It's got to be longer. Yeah, right. yeah, it's at least 12 seconds. You could edit down to like 15 seconds. You, you could get a good solid clip just again and again. Loop it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that was. I still think that was one of their best played games. But before we get into all of that, or as we get into all of that, uh, let's just go straight into man of the match, Duncan. Uh, this is horribly unfair to everyone who actually played the full match. But I'm going to go Gilberto. You know, he finally scored a goal. Who knows if he will actually do it again? But hey, this one particular game, it worked out for him. So well done, old Gil. Uh, it's not funny. Kudos to you. It's not funny. No, it's not. I stuck with Jermaine Defoe and his full 90 minutes of excellence. Really? <laughs> yes. Okay, then. <laughs> <laughs> Defend your work. Case closed. <laughs> that is you all you need to say. You make a I'm swayed. Oh, fantastic goal by Gilberto. No argument there, but Defoe had a great game. Okay. Fair enough. From front start, to, yep. from start to back. Man of the match, Gilberto for breaking the duck. Absolutely. I gave it to Ogil as well. Just Not uh, funny. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's hilarious. Go to the match. Gilberto, for nearly giving every media outlet the lead story shaming our beloved kickball sport. That fight was spectacular, and I was, like, hands to head going, Oh my god, you better f- score. Oh my god, you better f- score. Because that would be the end of him, and it would be front page everywhere. But he didn't. But still, go Similar vein, my goat was every supporter, including myself, who said, What the fuck are you doing, Gilberto? He's got eight goals, you've got zero. Don't do this to us! I I was completely sympathetic with him wanting to take the shot. It was the whole fight drama. It was the aftermath. It it was the five months of the TFC locker room is in disaster. Oh, yeah, exactly. That's, yeah. To be fair. Don't be fair. I'm going to be, be fair. Be biased. To be fair, it was Defoe smacking the ball out of Gilberto's hands, not the exactly. other way around. Exactly. Yeah, to be fair, it was also Defoe's foul, was not? Didn't he, didn't he eat the ground? Oh, snap! Yes. Yeah. 
at the ground. Defend that. <laughs> to be fair, he deserved it. <laughs> he deserved his revenge. For that piddly little foul, sure. Um, I will go away from that particular incident. I'm going to go with Doniel Henry here. There was another one of those games where he did some good things, but then it's just like, yeah, oh, oh. I, I mean, both goals, you could say maybe harshly that he was at fault, didn't really get up to win the header, but it's not too much about that. There was a few passes that were just very, very bad in very, very bad positions, and some, yeah, not good decisions. Another one of his uh, lesser games. I, too, went away from all of that and went with uh, Bendik, actually. thought he had uh, not one of his... I thought that he's ever truly... Well, he's had some spectacular moments. I just... Uh, too many giveaways, as usual. I The distribution of the ball, lack thereof, is very, very frustrating. And I still think he was partially at fault for that first goal, uh, as I said in the moment. I, I, I think his reaction time was poor. I think he at least could have tried to get a hand on it. I just, I wasn't that impressed with his game. Yeah. And I've, I've seen him do much better things. The instant uh, return of possession from his uh, goal kicks is taking away what from what could be considered a very solid goalkeeper, well, and in just, my opinion. And just think about like the possession the TFC had for the game. Mm-hmm. How much higher would it have been if he mm-hmm. could just do something a little different? Just pass it out of the back. Why is this... Did Julio teach you nothing? It's like that tiny towel is flapping in a wind of history. He remembers nothing. I will remember you. Tiny towel. Eight. Uh, play of the match. This seems very obvious. I know that, but just in case it's not. Every time I say oh, actually, I, I acclamation, it never is. That's so, Tony. Uh, I did actually go different. Uh, not to bang the Defoe drum so much, but the mm-hmm. opening goal nice. from a team effort. Jonathan Osorio dribbling nicely through the midfield, shaking off a tackle, a nice pass to Oduro, who looked very fleet on that wing. Who had, He had, a, had an amazing game, but at that moment mm-hmm. showed a little spark of what he's capable of. Great low cross, and Defoe's finish was just sublime. It was really beautiful. It made me whoop, which I don't do very often with TFC. It made you whoop. Whoop! Well, there it is. <laughs> Half my ass left the chair. <laughs> One of those. I put down Defoe's goal was pure class. What a touch. That was just sublime. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that boat. Whoop! I think Duncan and I have something different. Yeah, I, mean, I, I would go with the, the Gilberto thing just because everything that surrounded the oh, door is no. just such a, a fun moment. Um, but yeah, there was a very good move for Defoe's goal. And there was actually a lot of like times where we were just passing the ball around very close to their penalty box and keeping possession and trying to patiently work an opening and, and switching play over to the other side and just like, oh, this actually looks quite good. It looks like you've taken these two or three weeks you had off where you can actually spend some time in training and you've actually come out of it looking good. So, um... You're going to string three passes together, goddammit, it's the yes. last thing you do. <laughs> Now, who knows if this whole July thing where we're just constantly playing games and barely have time to practice, we'll probably lose all of that. But uh, Until then. Um, yeah, that was a, a very promising performance. All, uh, well, not for the whole game, but for good chunks of it, we were looking good. Yeah, yeah I think you could say it was the most football-y they've looked all year. 
Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If they if they keep playing like that, I could see them like sustainably yeah. earning results. I mean, it's not about looking pretty versus looking ugly. It's mm-hmm. been, you know, is this actually something that looks like it can continue getting it's results? Not, it's not something one nil wins. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's yeah. and it's also what we've been complaining a bit about for most of it. It's a bit of evolution. A little yeah. bit of a step yeah. forward, looking better, yeah. bringing, introducing something new to their game. And mm-hmm. I also think, like that game, we talked about like the getting just the one point. We were angry at not getting all three, and, and I think rightly so. Yeah, I, I think but that's they, a good thing. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. that is a good thing. Expectations are finally being raised, and but with good reason, not with rose-colored glasses. Yeah. With hey, we just watched them do this, and it all made sense. There was, you know, actual thought out on the pitch. Why can't they keep doing it? Yeah, if this was a home mm-hmm. fixture, we would have been pissed off still. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And but they gave up another. Yeah, but I mean, it, it's you know, it was that instant reaction. It's like, oh Christ, they gave up three points. But you know, sober light the next day, like mm, a point away at New York, we would have taken that before this match absolutely. started, and a good, a good performance for big chunks of the match as well. Agreed. I was thinking about the fixture itself as, on paper, you know, if I wasn't watching the game, but I followed TFC, opened up the paper newspaper and saw, oh, it, it finished 2-all. I would think, oh, that's that's a respectable result. Yeah. That would be pretty good. But if you but watching the game, you kind of get that feeling like, oh, well, they blew it. You know, it's a heartbreaker. It's a travesty. I can't believe they had the lead. That was a hell of a last goal that they that they bagged. And it wasn't the typical last minute, last five minutes panic crapping the bed that, that I'm used to seeing with Toronto FC. So, I mean, they still blew it, but it wasn't like, Ten guys standing in the, in the penalty area, all freaking out. Well, no, what do I do? What do I do? They unfortunately broke down in a in a natural counterattacky kind of way, and I'm okay with that. Um, at least they had composure all 90 minutes. It just so happens that's how it goes in. Like that goal at the end could have been scored at any point in the game, and you would have just went, "Good goal, sucks, but whatever." I, I agree with the composure part. They, I don't see any panic. I slightly disagree in that it was a bunch of guys that forgot that Tim Cahill was out there. <laughs> that he could do mean, horrible things to you in the air. That's my only real complaint about that whole. That yeah, whole. I, mean, I think you know, looking at it from, from New York, it looks as if that was a very planned play. I mean, yeah. It was like some guy standing right there where the ball was kicked yeah. to, occupying Donnie Henry and stopping Henry from really getting any momentum. He kind of just disappeared right at the last minute and in ran Cahill from out wide. He's got momentum. He out jumps him and he heads it to exactly where Bradley Wright Phillips is. Um, I don't think any of that was an accident, so that's a, you know, a well-planned, well-thought-out little free-kick routine. I think my only complaint about it, and it was unfortunate, but was the lead-up to it, in that it was maybe the one point in the match where they went back to their blunt style, and it was boot the ball down as far as the field as mm. can go. It's not retain some possession, walk it out to the side, try to get it down into their area. It was back to boot it out as far as we can, hopefully they don't get it back. Yes. before the whistle goes. So that was probably a leaning back to what we've kind of cringed over, and it cost them, but over, you got to look at the big picture, and I think, not so bad. Yeah, big picture, that was, you know, that was a solid game. That was a point on the road on a team that normally destroys us. First game back from the break, I think it made a fairly decent statement for what they are capable of. And so far, I'm looking ahead to the rest of July, or to July. They didn't look at a place, and they deserved, they deserved a result. At the very least. Then they got it, so. Almost ten words. Canada! Blame Canada! It seems that everything's gone wrong since Canada came along. Blame Canada! Blame Canada! They're not even a real country anyway. 
My son could have been a doctor or a lawyer, rich and true. Instead, he burned a black. Hey, everybody! It's Bitchy Blanks! Can call! Alright, and welcome to another edition of Bitchy Blanks. Last week's Bitchy Blank was in response to the release of Clint Dempsey's upcoming rap album, Redux. TFC's marketing department is putting together a boy band named Blank. So we had a number of responses. Uh, Duncan, do we have any more hot off the Twitters? Uh, not right. Uh, not as right we this speak. second. Oh, definitely okay. some as we were recording earlier. It's true. So mm-hmm. we've 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 combed through the the entries and we've selected our our top three. So one of our right in the moment while we were recording, there was buzzing and phones binging as as these came in from uh, the eleven dot ca with right said red. Nice, solid, Too sexy. Uh, DW, a frequent contributor, and I believe last week's winner, uh, off of the Waking the Red comments, the red cards fronted by Daniil Henry. They'll soothe your soul and break your heart at the same time. Mm. But our winner, uh, and it may have been a past winner, I'm not sure, at least a past runner-up, is uh, on the Twitters at Jordy Like Mr. Wade Wilson, with two entries, but uh, one that we sort of, sort of leaning towards better. So one of them is called The Coaching Carousel. Not bad, not bad. The real winner, though, is the revolving doors. Mm-hmm. Come on, baby, nice. light our fire. Precky. <laughs> yeah. Very precky. Gentlemen, what did you have? I went with the soulful, Philly High Harmony soundings of, and this is very topical, Ball Give Defoe. <laughs> <laughs> That goal was poison. 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 Gonna never cross another ball. That ball was poison. That was uh, that beat out uh, Love It's Boy, which for a bit of CanCon, like yeah. Lover Boy. Nice. 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 And the Mo Johnston themed All Kids on the Block. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, that's three. <laughs> it's a festival. Yeah, no, clearly, yeah. clearly. Well, I'm, I'm, my contribution to this, uh, this pop fest. Um, so the lineup is 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 Chris Kanopka, Ashton Morgan, Jeremy Hall, and Andrew Wiedemann as an overproduced pop outfit called Unreserved. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I should have wrote a lead single. I have not. <laughs> Um, I've got a couple of options that never quite fully came together, but uh, first of all, very similar lineup to what you had there. Uh, obviously, Andrew Wiedemann, lead singer, so it would be uh, Wiedemann and the Wiedemann. Uh, it doesn't quite work. The other one, going for a bit of a CanCon contest. Uh, CanCon contest? Mm. No. The other one, going for a bit of... Uh, can- <laughs> <laughs> the other one, going for a bit of Canadian content... Uh, Kids in the Hall at Jeremy Hall. It's more of a comedy <laughs> troupe than the Might want to speak to the marketing department about that one. I'm not sure we should make t-shirts for that one all just all yet. Should it be Hall and the Kids? That's not a band anymore. That's a scandal. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 
Didn't quite come together, that one. Alright. I, I, I had two. One more to the a nod of uh, TFC's uh, defense of the past, thinking that if we just gathered up, you know, Caicedo and Acevedo, I'll, just sort of several lumbering... Acevedo. Shut up. You, know <laughs> you mixed Azavala and Casado into one Voltron I, character from Ecuador. That's a, that's a <laughs> equally slow, no matter. <laughs> that's a combined Nash player, isn't it? Mm. Mm. There you go. Yeah, that's yeah. another Nash player, and not Steve or Rick. Uh, backfield not in motion, mm. uh, but as a similar to what a couple of you gentlemen went with from the reserve bench, uh, the Water Boys, which I realized already taken, but we're using it again. Uh, this week's bitchy blank is uh, Defoe and Gilberto weren't arguing about who take the free kick. They were actually arguing about blank. Please, as always, send us your replies at our Twitter account at Vocal Minority Pod. No A in the vocal. Leave us comments when we post the podcast live on our website. VocalMinorityPodcast.blogspot.ca Or in the comments thread at Waking the Red. But please, please. Send many responses. We like to get lost to sift through because it's fun. the world, a ragtag group of teams, and something called MLS decided to strike while the iron was hot and play some games this weekend. Luckily, we've got a guy that stays on top of this sort of thing, here to give the highs and lows from this weekend. It's Duncan Fletcher with wins and losses. Duncan? Thanks, Tony, and yes, it's great to have MLS back. I presume everyone paid attention and enjoyed all the matches this Absolutely. week? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I was yes. riveted. Mm-hmm. Matches? There's other teams? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, taking the World Cup comparisons into account, the biggest losers this week was everyone who watched Montreal versus Vancouver on the Wednesday night. Oh my god. Um, Vancouver have generally been very entertaining this year, but that was a terrible game uh, that thoroughly deserved to end all nil. And the Whitecaps followed it up with another crappy game in Colorado, uh, losing 2-0 there, including one on a penalty after the dumbest foul ever by Nigel Rio Coca. As uh, Deshaun Brown was running across the corner of the box, a second earlier, and he'd have been outside the box. A second later, he'd have been outside the box, and there wasn't even really a reason to foul him at all. But instead, Rio Coca chose the exact second that Brown was actually in the box to deliver a blatant body check uh, to bring him down and a penalty 2-0, and uh, Vancouver were just generally hopeless, which uh, is fun. The big game of the week was in D.C. What? Seattle, top of the West versus D.C., top of the East. And Seattle got the away win, 1-0, thanks to Chad Barrett. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yes. When did DC get top of the East? Uh, yeah. Well, back. It's, it's a they very good question. There. What the f***? Yeah. True. True story. There's, there's not many good teams. Like Kansas were hopeless for about four or five games. That one, yeah. And you know, New York had been hopeless for a long time. Yeah, okay. That's right. Houston had been terrible for ages. And yeah, so, by default... Uh, oh, Damn. I mean, you know, it would be TFC, but we'd barely played, so... True, true. Yeah. So, right, DC, I... Yeah. Um, anyway, they uh, were top of the East, but uh, they lost 1-0. Chad Barrett got the goal, 
Uh, it's a pretty good dull game by all accounts, but uh, Seattle now have 35 points and a remarkable 10 point lead over the entire league. So uh, good for them, I suppose. No, no. Um, yeah. We don't have to worry about them for months. So. Talking of how DC got to the top, another high flying Eastern team lost, and that was New England, who lost 3 uh, 1 to Philadelphia. Uh, Jim Curtin getting the win in his first game after replacing Jack Alfworth. Uh, Maurice Edu was dropped back to the centre-back position, oddly enough. And uh, Sebastian Latou scored twice, but Danny Cruz had the best goal, running from his own half and shooting from about 25 yards out. It was all uh, very nice. Uh, the upsets keep coming. In the West this time, Chivas beat Real Salt Lake, who really aren't taking this World Cup break thing well at no. all. They're now winless in five in all competitions. Please so. come back, Kyle. Please come back. Yes. Uh, they are still third in the West, though, as opposed to Chivas, who remain bottom. Uh, Chivas's goal, a very nice first-time volley from the edge of the box, it was, was scored by who else but Kubo Torres, who is now the all-time leader in MLS goals scored by players born in Mexico. So let's give a big... Puto! To that, well done, Eric. Question. When somebody becomes the all-time leader in Montreal, do we go, Saputo? Hey! Just curious. Just, just, yes. I didn't mean that as a joke. Why? <laughs> yeah, that was actually uh, Chivas's first clean sheet of the season. So uh, good for oh. you, Dan Kennedy. Well done. Well Very done. Nice. I'm not Hispanic. <laughs> you're fired. Why am I here? I'm token whitey. Yes. Oh, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Columbus. <laughs> Um, the other newsworthy thing was uh, the Columbus versus Dallas game was postponed on Saturday after he finally got hit by lightning. Uh, oh. He's now recovering in hospital. The game was played on Sunday instead. It ended nil-nil. But uh, best of luck to Stu Tudor, uh, who is, as I say, currently recovering in hospital. Um, hopefully he does fully recover. That's about it for this week, really. It's uh, probably the best game and the best incident both belong to Toronto, and you don't really get to say that that often. Um, anyway, back to you, Tony. Thanks, Duncan. So after barely playing through the first part of the season, TFC are making it up to us maybe not themselves, by uh, playing a slew of games in the month of July. Keep those hamstrings nice and loose, boys. Uh, and with the exception of the game against Vancouver, they're actually all against conference rivals. So if Toronto hope to make a statement this season, this is basically the time to do it. First up on that list is uh, the Fire, which is, you know what, usually a really good game. I like watching Toronto play the Chicago. But uh, before we get into the game and previews and what we think Chicago will throw at us and vice versa, I have a question for the panel. Since the team will be traveling on Canada Day, what is the most Canadian thing that the team will do when touching down in Chicago? I have, when they get to Chicago, they will not get off the plane. They will instead turn around and go right back and spend a couple of months in a cushy little rehab center in Muskoka. <sighs> Topical. Rob Ford's back, folks. Oh. Rob Ford's back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <clears throat> in that... Tragically same thing that I just came up with because it's brilliant. Um, give their mayor some crack. Film it. <laughs> That's it. First of all, traveling on Canada Day is inhumane. Mm. Hashtag. Yeah, I've heard mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. But once they do touchdown, 
they will order some Canadian bacon on their deep dish pizza, which isn't actually Canadian. Or bacon. What the fuck, America? Yeah, I guess I don't know nothing. Yeah. Um, I uh, have instead that the uh, the entire team will take it upon themselves to reenact the classic uh, mall scene from the Blues Brothers, starring the great Canadian Dan Aykroyd. Mm. And the great Albanian John Belushi. Hey! Nice. <laughs> anyway, seriously, what's more Canadian than destroying an entire mall? Nothing. All right. Uh, so yes. Yeah. Right. It's, uh, yeah. That's that's John D. McDonald it was big on well, that. Well, that was right in the that was the first uh-huh. draft. Of His the, ghost. For goodness. Fucks up Yorkdale all the time. Right. Yeah. It was Pier- uh, come on, and one of his one of his drunken stupors. Like, yeah. come on. Pierre Trudeau, the government has no place in, in the, the, mall. the malls of the people. <laughs> yes, yeah, True. yeah, absolutely. Borden caught naked at Eaton Center. <laughs> All, All the time. time. Yes. Yep. Yeah. No, I remember that. So yes, as we said, they're uh, heading to the Windy City first, um, and after that, they will be uh, coming back to Toronto and taking on the. Conference leading DC United. Uh, not anymore. They're, oh, that's they're second true. Now. They're second now, yeah. but still. It's, it's a bit proportionate. It's yes. very strange considering mm. who they have playing for them. Um, but here to give us a little bit of extra information on both of these wonderful teams, well, hopefully horrible teams when we play them, is uh, once again Mr. Duncan Fletcher with the scouting report. Thank you, Tony. Yeah. Uh, yes, as I say, a busy July. Uh, two games coming up this week. First Woo! up, the away game at Chicago, who have only won two games all season and are currently ninth in the conference. Six points back of TFC, having played two games more. Sorry, Mackingly. Ninth in the conference. Isn't that just a, a different way of saying second from the bottom? Yes. Okay, just checking. Go yes. ahead. It sounds prettier. It's the aluminum spoon. Yes. Yes, the aluminum spoon. Yes. <laughs> all, all, aluminium. All the Euro snobs out there will think, oh, well, the mid-table, that's hey, nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. But uh, yes, second <laughs> bottom. Uh, uh, Chicago ended the first bit of the schedule on a four-game winless streak. Though they did win two U.S. Open Cup games over the break uh, to reach the quarterfinals, so perhaps they're this year's D.C. United. Uh, That handily brings us to Saturday's game against last year's D.C. United. D.C. United. (laughs) Brilliant. (laughs) I thought so. (laughs) That's a segue. (laughs) That's a t-shirt. D.C. United. Last year's D.C. United. Brought to you by Shoehorns. Um, DC, puzzlingly, are currently looking like potential playoff rivals. Second in the conference on 25 points. Uh, They lost to Rochester's no longer raging Rhinos in the US Open Cup during the break. And lost last week to Seattle. Chad Barrett uh, with the goal, as noted earlier. So, question one for the panel. There might well be injury concerns, but presuming everyone is fit and available... uh, Are there any changes you've made to the lineup? Do we stick with Luke Moore alongside Defoe? Henry alongside Caldwell. I, I think if injuries weren't part of it, then I'd like to see Gilberto start up with Defoe. But the way it will go with rotation, I assume that Luke... I, I'd see Luke Moore, since he did nothing against mm-hmm. New York, he must be well-rested. <laughs> uh, and then I'd probably imagine seeing Becker and Hagland make an appearance and maybe some early substitutions against Chicago, and probably be a little more serious of a lineup against D.C. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. I'd like to, uh, barring injuries, I'd like to see them find some room for old Gill. 
Not uh, funny. <laughs> see if you can make a streak out of it. Um, otherwise, <laughs> you kind of have to play it game to game. I wouldn't be terribly surprised either to see Defoe uh, say, uh, on the bench and then come off uh, mm-hmm. in the second half. Kind of like, since Chicago's the low-hanging fruit, we'll, we'll, t- we'll take it easy. But if we don't have a goal by halftime, bring on the troops. I think I sort of see it in the reverse in that go a little more aggressive in the first half, go after them, score a couple goals, hopefully, and then not that TFC is really exceptional at sitting back and absorbing yes. pressure. Wait a second. Because we let know me, how to close let out me just, oh, Let yeah. me just, let me, you know what? Forget I, I said anything at all. Let me just restate all of that. <laughs> the exact opposite. Opposite land. Um, no, I, I think uh, I think there'll be maybe a little bit of change on the defense. I think Hagelin's going to play. For the Chicago game, and I don't know, maybe Morgan. Like, does Ashton Morgan get to play? Any, I, right? Like he does still technically. I, I heard he's it? playing against Spurs. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone is. And, uh, I'm, I'm actually supposed to come out in the second half. <laughs> Jordan Hamilton. That's a nice season seat holder promotion. And yeah, they only offered it to the first 200 names they drew, so sweet. I get yeah. to play forward. Nice. Me, and, me and old Gil are going to light it up. Not, Not funny. funny. <laughs> I, I, think, I, I think even though it's an away game, they've got to go a little lighter on the on the starting 11 in Chicago. To I think we've got to rest some guys for, for D.C. at home because you, you want to win that home game. I agree. I think you know they're just... The DC game being at home definitely uh, will give it a bit more uh, impetus. You know, they like to put on a show for the season ticket holders and all that sort of thing. Um, talking of Chicago, we'll start briefly with them. I refuse to take Quincy America seriously as a threat. Yes, he's scored a lot so far, but hey, get your head at just the right angle to that bean thing in Millennium Park. It'll look like your head's massively out of proportion. It isn't. And America's threat is just as real as that. It's not there. Um, Mike McGee might not be available either after picking up an injury. He's got very touch and go at the moment. So hopefully he's out because that would basically leave us with just uh, rookie Harrison Ship as uh, probably their best bet for goals. <laughs> after trading Chris Rolfe, you know, there's not a really a great threat for midfield either. Jeff Lentovitz, the world's most unlikeliest sounding redhead, uh, is their most dangerous player. In the room. He's more work-like than anything. So TFC should definitely be looking at that one as a winnable game, especially if uh, McGee is out. Um, anyway, moving on to DC, and after a bit of a stumbly start, including dominating possession but being looking to only lose 1-0 to TFC earlier this year, their decision to load up on MLS veterans uh, has actually worked out quite well for them this season. Uh, Fabiana Spindler, luckily for TFC, is out injured, uh, which is I mean, well, a big blow to them. He's scored or assisted on 15 out of their 22 goals this yay, year. Yay! He's out injured! 15. Yes, 15 out of 22. Lord. It's preposterous. Um, that leaves them with Eddie Johnson as their main striker, which sounds exciting until you realize he's got one goal yeah. all year. Wow. So, a one-goal DP? Yes. That's embarrassing. <laughs> Isn't God. it just... Have that. <laughs> Wolf's at the door. Uh, Not funny. <laughs> In a Spindler's absence, uh, Luis Silva has been up through with Johnson, and uh, he scored three against Montreal before the break, uh, but he hasn't scored aside from that game all seasons, and you know, they look pretty toothless against Seattle. Um, they do have a few goal-scoring options for midfield, at least, uh, even without the also-injured Chris Ponchers. Uh, they used to kind of started off the season with a bit of a diamond midfield, but... Fairly early on, they flattened it out. It's now a fairly standard 4-4-2. Perry Kitchen, a bit more defensive uh, of the 
the foursome. Davey, I know, is a bit more box-to-box. -box. Then you've got Chris Rolfe and Nick De Leon as uh, the wide players. Given the lack of a spindler, they'll be relying on these guys to get more involved. So you think if there's any rotation to be done, uh, this game seems the obvious one to have uh, Colin Warner and the stronger midfield out there. Defensively, they've conceded only 17 goals in 16 games, mainly due to Bobby Boswell and Jeff Park forming a, a solid central partnership. Though with Park out recently with a foot injury, they've conceded five in three without him, so maybe there for the taking. As mentioned before, TFC beat DC 1-0 earlier in the season, sitting back, letting DC carry the play on an awful pitch, and then just repeatedly victimising them on the counter-attack. Um, next question, with Noah Spindler, so less of a threat, should TFC just revert to similar tactics for this game? Let a, a toothless DC attack them, absorb pressure from that depleted attack, and then use the speed of Defoe and others to counter? Or should we be trying something more proactive, putting DC on the back foot? I say proactive. I just That's just my first instinct, though, because I think they, I think they play better when they do that. It, it, starting out a game defensively doesn't work out for this team at all. And if they can be proactive to start and get some sort of momentum or cohesion or whatever, it just seems to bode better for the game as a whole. Ending one defensively doesn't work very well either. No, it's, you're absolutely no. right. They they seem to be a better team when they're up against it and they yeah. go for it. Yeah, and, and I mean DC, you know, all power to them. DC's record this year is good. Man to man, there's no reason why TFC shouldn't try to match up with them at home, especially. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd much rather see, even if it was okay. We don't want failure, but even if it didn't work out great, I'd rather see them go for it. Yeah. and try to play good football like they did in New York rather than back to the blunt force drama of pre-World Cup break. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I would I, like to see them go for it. But I, I don't trust TFC's stability to let any team come at them in waves. Go for their heads. Why not? Yeah, I'd agree with that. If a spindle was there, then you, know, you, you play to what they're going to do to you. But in this case, just go for the throat. Just go right at them. I mean, you don't have to go expect them to play their new brand of tiki-taka <laughs> Nelson tactics the whole match. They can revert back to form here and there if the opportunity exists, you know, to if Washington, not Washington, if D.C. is uh, going after them for a while, say they're trying to protect the league, you can go back to the counter-attacking style for a little bit, absorb a bit of pressure, but I'd, you know, yeah, you I know just... why revert back to form when you had the beginnings of something much better? Indeed. Um, one last question for this uh, segment here. Most likely to score against TFC, Luis Silva or Quincy Amariqua? I have Amariqua. I mean, as much as we all like to see the, you know, the, the castaway get revenge on their, their old owners, statistically speaking, Amariqua will probably bag one before Silva will. That being said, I could easily see them both doing the business. Toronto getting results in both games, but I can still see their, their side of the score, she's saying Amiroqua and then Silva. So you go with both. Yeah, I'm gonna cop <laughs> Well, the match against Chicago is on that vaunted American holiday, July the second, <gasps> the day the Americans defeated the Australians in the Crimean War. Oh. So obviously, the patriotic Amiroqua will score that day. It's also nearly the 30th anniversary of Live Aid, Ooh. when Queen played so dramatically and uh, on stage at Wembley and. Luis Silva does look creepily so like a young Freddie Mercury, so he will also score. Hmm. I am taking both. The portents are everywhere. Seriously. Mm -hmm. nice. 
I am saying that Ameriquois will just because on uh, on Saturday when the DC team's in town, they will hopefully all be very hungover from celebrating the 4th. Well, Americans eat a lot of hot dogs on the 4th of July, so TV news tells me. So sure, they'll they probably have bloat. There's some <laughs> dude that named Nathan that keeps hooking yeah. them up. I don't get that, but mm. whatever. So I'm just going strictly with America. Fair enough. Strictly America. Nice. Um, anyway, that is the, the end of this uh, We Scouting Report segment. Uh, back to you, Tony. <laughs> Hashtag <laughs> analytics. <laughs> Factual. Yes. All right. Well, speaking of the uh, the Americans and uh, their their sainted holiday, July the fourth, they will be in town, presumably traveling that morning. There are a number of uh, Americans playing for TFC, and every year we are subjected with horrific pictures of the various American players from TFC and stars and spangles and, and banners. Red, and banners. <laughs> Don't the banners. I, I bought some spangles. <laughs> So, what I want to know is, what do you think the most American thing that the DCU crew will do on Friday when they arrive, and how many of the Yankee TFC players will join them in this venture? I am going to go with, uh, they will all get their uh, head shaved into some stars and stripe patterns. Uh, Dominic Adiro, he's new to the team, he's not going to get invited alone, and he's going to be really sad, and months-long funk due to this snub is, is what's going to so happen. So it's all going to go downhill from here for yeah, yeah, that yeah. moment in New York was it. Mm-hmm. All right, Mr. Tony? Uh, well, since the TFC players uh, went and got some Canadian bacon on their deep dish in Chicago, the American players will answer that by ordering American ham on their beaver tails. And for those that don't know, American ham is a high-powered assault rifle. Oh, very nice. <laughs> Very nice. Um, I'm I'm going with uh, they're going to get basically drunk on as much free health care as they can. <laughs> Tommy Douglas. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, maybe, just maybe, not live in fear of the guy in front of them at the McDonald's who does not have a gun. So, you're welcome. Kristen. Interesting. Social commentary. Well, playing the off of that. It's higher now. It is indeed. <laughs> Look at that. I figure because they are going to be confused being in the, the big Canadian yet friendly city of Toronto where even though we are a big urban center, we still leave our doors unlocked. Maybe that's just oh. me. You <laughs> should really lock your door. Our mayor takes crack. I like never lock my door. But, but you know, we don't, you know, we don't all carry guns and, and we, we don't all proudly proclaim our freedoms. So they're, they're going to go around to various neighborhoods locking doors handing out free gun racks and mm. telling them that they're free. <laughs> I do like the idea. It's like, <laughs> open the door. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. You just let me in here? You should lock this. And exactly. Close the door. Oh, yeah, close no, it's, it's, a whole, it's a whole, it's a whole uh, American tour PSA kind of thing. Like the Mormons. Nice. Yes. But, but shooty. It's like yes. bowling to Columbine in reverse. Mm. Not so, getting free guns, but handing out free gun racks. So, like, nice. it would be like, Curling for Cambridge, would you call that? Oh, or, or maybe curling for Coburg. Coburg. Curling for Coburg. Mm. That, that, Campbell that's, Town. That's Campbell Campbell yeah, Town. Yeah. Smaller. Yeah. See. Yeah. Uh, one thing I would like to say: you've mentioned a couple of times now the uh, the deep dish pizza. I would like to say to anyone listening to Chicago, what the fuck is with that? That's quiche. 
He that's makes it. a strong point. If that's quiche, I'm a real man. Yeah. Or not a real man. I'm a big foof. Because I'll eat that all day long. Oh, awful. Like, no. It's just not good no, pizza. It's in a motorboat. Yeah, I'll, mo- I'll motorboat <laughs> the that deep dish. That? The pepperoni's going left and right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah, we've got the, the great Canadian holiday, Canada Day, and some other holiday from some other country coming up this week as well, and we've got a home game, we've got a bunch of home games coming up this month, and we've talked about the various heritage nights that get celebrated and gone on about at uh, BMO Field for certain home games. I was just wondering, you know, we don't have a Canadian heritage night, so if we were to have this sort of thing occur on, on, on a given home game, what is the one Canadian icon, food stuff, what is something that's truly Canadian that you want celebrated on a Canadian Heritage Night at BMO? A Mountie bringing out the flag, because that never happens anywhere, ever. I, I just can't get enough of the Mounties. That'd be nice. Mm, yes. Also, free poutine. Not bad. Brought to you by I, a Mountie. Sure, absolutely. Yes. Personally delivered to him. Yes. In his hat. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> A mounty hat full of poutine. No, nice. well, no, the hat's where you keep the gravy. So he brings you the prize of the curds. He tips his hat, gravy pours out. Ah, Every crazy. Canadian knows this. Well, I think the most Canadian thing is to grit your teeth as members of other nations whoop it up around you. So the World Cup <laughs> special food at BMO should be a bratwurst covered in taco meat, chili, eh? yeah. and spray cheese. Lovingly wrapped in a pancake and stuffed into a waffle before being covered in a delicious molten chocolate. And served inside a two-foot-long French stick on a, souvla- on a souvlaki skewer. Warmed to perfection with a layer of Swiss cheese and served with your choice of a souvenir Brazilian thong or a Portuguese car flag. Mmm, <laughs> take big Uruguayan bites of that. <laughs> <laughs> you take that big thing, you just deep fry it, just as a shout out to the Scots. There you go. Yeah. This sounds like epic mealtime, really. Mm. Nice. But you have to do it in your best Scottish accent. Well, of course, yeah. If you want to win the prize. <laughs> Why bloody wouldn't you do that? I... So, um, if there is one, back bacon burritos. Ooh. I don't know. I just made up and it sounds delicious. Triple B. Tell me you wouldn't want to... You wouldn't be the most proudest Canadian if you had one of those sons of bitches in your hand. Is the burrito made of back bacon like on the outside is it burrito filling with bacon as the wrapper in design in my head it was there with the filling i don't know if it would be like hot sizzling safe no it, it, would, be, be it would be like you know room temperature <laughs> i think you go with hot bacon inside cold bacon <laughs> <laughs> i'm just gonna pretend it's a villa this is a Via player and bite right on. Okay. Oh, it's not delivered to you on the ground and you get down and you <laughs> No. Well, it, it comes in silk shorts. <laughs> comes in silk shorts. Only served once. That's uh, Canadian messy. day. It comes in flannel. Come on. Mm, that's hard to bite through. Oh, yeah, you, don't get the, you don't get the outline. All right. Screw that part. We're just going to go back to it's... Uh, it's 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 the it's the filling of the burrito. Okay, so regular outside burrito, regular fl- regular burrito shell. Yeah, full of delicious pea meal bacon. Fuck yeah. Okay. Um, I expect that to be on the menu next season. All right, there you go. So I, I went a little different, and um, I chose a sort of an icon uh, from Can- from Canada's history, which is the 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 Voyageur. 
So a little nod to our voyageurs, but uh, TFC will play in full voyager gear. Oh. Mm. Stocking cap. Nice. The plaid. The flying canoe. That, that's oh, a yeah. great tactic. Absolutely. Yeah. That is, you know, you've got the flying V for the Mighty Ducks. We've got the flying canoe. This is... This is... Our back four rolls on a log. Shh. Don't be giving it away, man. <laughs> you get through. And that's you know, how we keep the, the halftime show, <laughs> canoe contests... <laughs> There's gonna be, you know, there's gonna be log rolling. Nice. Mm. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's a whole, it's a whole day. It's a whole family fun. Talking your best stereotype Canadian accent, eh? Right, eh? My eh. hat is glowing. Just, just, <laughs> just hearing it. People think we're slow, but this is a Canadian podcast. Time to come to the end of a really interesting podcast, fairly informative, we hope. Uh, but before we go, as always, we do like to know what the panel is working on. So, to be found on the Twitters at Innertalk, I G N I R T O Q, Mr. Mark Hinckley, what are you working on? Thanks, Sony. <clears throat> I am working on a retrospective of psychopathic and sociopathic idiosyncrasies of footballers over the last hundred years. Mm. Sure, we're aware of those players who are famous for biting and headbutting, but you are likely unaware of Jan de Vorger Verhoeven, which is the choker, who choked more than one opponent during his heyday during, uh, during the 70s and 80s of the Belgian 2nd Division, or Paulo Alvarez Dominguez, El Chuchilo Roto, the broken knife, Ooh. defensive mid- midfielder who stabbed three opponents on the pitch <laughs> and once in the tunnel during his 11-year career in Bolivia. I've got repeat Charlie Horse offenders, choppers, headlockers. I even got a guy who infected half a Wednesday Night League with hepatitis B just from rubbing his forehead into opposition nose. It's crazy. Should be good to go in the coming days. <laughs> Why would you I use a broken knife? <laughs> no, that was no, that was just his nickname. Oh, because he was broken in the oh. head. I look Ooh. forward to reading that. Yeah, yeah no, it's, 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 it's that'll uh, be fascinating. It's, it's around the horn. I think so. All right. Uh, so, to be uh, found on the interwebs at the Yorkies 1812, Mr. Tony Welsh, what are you working on? Well, for those of you who have been listening for the last few weeks, you'll remember that I've been traveling around South America. This time I continue my travels through the continent and head north through Suriname, Guiana, and French Guiana, asking the age-old question, Why the hell do you three compete in CONCACAF? You're fully inside <laughs> South America. You're not even islands. Go away to Conmebol. Canada doesn't need any more potential roadblocks to World Cup 2062. 2062. Yeah. Okay. Well, We're going ambitious. for it. Yeah. I, I thought it was like 2056 when the moon hosts. Uh, we, 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 we miss out on that one? We're out of it. We're out already. We're in. Panama. Yeah. Neo Panama <laughs> took us out. Yeah. Well, once they adjust the rotation, Mooncacaf will yeah. have their chance. Yeah. 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 Nice. Robo Haiti. Oh, they're looking uh, good. Uh, uh. Damn them. Fucking Robo Haiti in there. Robo Voodoo. New New England should be really, really yeah. competitive. Yeah. New Old England. New Old England. Yeah, <laughs> All right. And yeah. found on the interwebs at Duncan D. Fletcher. Mr. Duncan, what are you working on? 
Well, inspired by the, the upcoming game against Chicago, I'm going to be taking a bit of a break from work. I'm going to uh, be leaving. I'm going to maybe catch a baseball game, take part in a parade, drive a car backwards into a ravine. Who knows? <laughs> taking a day off. That's all. Thanks, Ferris. Chica chica. Bow, bow. Nice. Alright, and as for me, uh, you can find me on the Twitters at Casey Knowles, and I'm delving into a, I'm going to do a retrospective of some classic Canadian television. I like things mm. that the kids really need to need to be watching these days, so Littlest Hobo. So that's the first theme song that popped in my head. Danger Bay. They don't Tennis. Have a song. Never heard of them. The Beachcombers. Heard of it, never watched medallions. it. Today's special. Mannequins. Nice. That one you missed out on the other two. Minutes. Hey, huh. I thought today's special was going to be something, but no, today's no. special is actually today's the name of the show. Yeah. Okay, today's special is friendship. Yeah. I didn't say Ooh. math patrol. It's about a creepy mannequin math that came patrol? to life in square a one? department no. store in the well, center. Square one. And that was a Canadian. Hung out with. Was she a janitor? She wore a jumpsuit. She wore a jumpsuit. Yeah, she jumpsuit. Yeah, that's she her. That's manager. her Twitter. She was the manager, yeah, and the mannequin, and then there was... At Simpsons. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and then there was the puppet security guard. two weeks in a row, a Simpsons reference. Yeah. And not even <laughs> the, the store. I know, not, not, not exactly, Simpsons. not even the cartoon. Suck on my balls, Eatons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, old Gil will be proud. Not, not funny. funny. So, uh, yeah, and then the mouse always spoke in rhyme when you gave her enough time. Ah. Weak enough nice. Yeah. It, was, uh, it came on right after Dr. Snuggles. Oh, friend of the animal <laughs> world, I hear Dr. Snuggles. The best it, best theme song probably of all those. <laughs> I had Didn't forgot. house walk? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, it was a rocket ship. Mm. The house walk? Yes. No, the no, no. legs would come out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The legs yeah. would go... Yeah. 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 But wow, it wasn't a rocket ship. No. no. It was a rocket ship. No, that was the little prince. Yeah. <laughs> that was terrible. That was terrible. With like the, the Antoine Sunday Zupery. Pretty much. Yes. Yeah. yeah, they yeah. made a cartoon of that and it huh. sucks. Probably. Yeah. And Jeremy. Like, and Jeremy. I was just saying, don't forget about Jeremy. Yeah. Jeremy's good. I'm so confused right It's now. okay. <laughs> Jamie! Jamie! Jamie and the Magic Torch! That was a great show. Now that's some kids' TV. Is it Magic Flashlight? It's the Magic Torch. Sorry. So. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> but yes, a flashlight. <laughs> Not a flashlight. <laughs> <laughs> That would be better. BBC After Dark. <laughs> Jamie's grown up. up. Yeah. <laughs> it's that girl with the chalkboard where she's all grown up. Yeah. yeah. Hi, Jamie. All right, all right, all right. This podcast got completely off the rails like it usually does. <laughs> so I'm going to try and cut these gentlemen off, as I always do, and I fail to every single week. But until next week, Toronto, get used to it. Hey, Jose, yeah, what? Guess what? What? It's over. record with you hoser yeah. okay that's fine i'll do a solo album fine and you'll be looking for me yeah, like I on another not. label oh, now everybody's gone good so, day good day
day, Vocal Minority Podcast listeners, and welcome to a very special Canadian edition. It was too loud, wasn't it? No, no, it <laughs> not was, at all. It was too loud. It's just that it, the, the way the first recorded, it looked like a Tie Fighter. Stay on target. How did this turn into a Star Wars podcast? <laughs> Tommy okay. Douglas is a hero to most. Thank you. <laughs> but he never meant shit to me. He's straight up healthcare. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, boys. That was good. All right. Should have been hit Buddy Four in the NDP. Oh, oh. damn it! <laughs> Our eyes. Dun, dun, dun. Canada Day. Our eyes. Very nice. Okay. Burton Cummings. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. It's a thing. Trust us. Yeah, just guess who. It sounds familiar. Guess who? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. No, 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 no. Guess who? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Canada Day humor. <laughs> you like it, eh? Coming up next. <laughs> Snowbird jokes. Abbott and Costello, eh? 